Okay, we did it. Okay, hi. Welcome to our opinion. This is Sarah Tobabet. Sorry. We are learning Sarah Kadasha Mizikete, and we want to talk about how we're going to become very smart and what it has to do with the coronavirus. So, um, okay. Um, let's just see if we're on pause. Here we go. Okay. Let's everybody not move. So, on Friday, I listened to Dr. Bruce Lipton. By the way, if you can't hear me well, please let me know. That one, you can unmute and let me know. I listened to Dr. Bruce Lipton, and one of the things he was saying, he was saying two things about the virus. The other one I'll leave to a different day, the fact that it's a new virus, but the the most important point about it is that we don't know, right? We don't know. Now, why am I saying this? Because we, we really want to see it, this virus, as as much as it's wreaked havoc, Rahman Islam, Again, it's just a little bush. It's just a um, a garment that's there to point us towards different places where we need an upgrade. And it comes through this to kind of uh, get us going. So let's think about this energy. What are the two problems of a virus? One, we don't know. We don't know what it's going to do, how it's going to do, what its history is, how it affects, how it doesn't affect, etc. The three words are we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Good. Okay. What does that have to do with Tara Chadasha? There are two aspects of Tara. There's the part that you know, and there's the part that you don't know in Tara. You go to a shear. You, you you know, you write down everything they said. They say all these clever things. You write down the notes. You bring them home. You put them on your table Friday night. You say a very clever Dvartyra, and everybody's happy. That's the stuff you know. That's the information that you got from the Shear, from Tyra. But that's only one aspect of what you get from learning. You know, you know stuff. The bigger part of what you get from learning is that you don't know stuff. Not you realize how much you don't know, but you tune into the relationship with Hashem in which we classically have known about Hashem that you can't know Him. Essentially, that you can't know Hashem. That So that Hashem that you can't know, that's what you're getting when you learn Tyrus. Oh, fun. I'd like, hi, would you like to get to know somebody that you can't know? No, <laughs> I wouldn't. But essentially, the one who is unknowable, you get to know. Now, I'll tell you a different thing. I'll tell you a different thing, which is, um, I have to tell Vicky that uh, we are on. We are on now. Um, okay. So, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, yeah, 84877121, right? Yes. Looks good. Okay. Anyway, um, let's hope she gets in. Otherwise, we will call her. So, she's, okay. So, this idea of not knowing, you see the energy now of like, oh, we thought we got everything straight. We know what we're doing. We have all the, the the technology down, down, and yet we don't know. And the interesting thing, I'm just going to go back to the idea of the virus. Since everybody now 
um, is learning technology that they didn't know. I mean, the entrepreneurs, they always dealt with Zoom, but everybody else never heard of Zoom. And now every rabbi became a Zoom expert, except that they still don't know how to mute people, et cetera. Um, it's that energy of we don't know. And everybody has been catapulted into the world of technology. I mean, in a way, I feel it's kind of sad. You know, they're all, you know, oh, no, now they're going to flood Zoom and you know, <laughs> the price will go up, <laughs> whatever. But it's that energy of we all know now. We're never going back. We're never going back after Corona. So now we'll all get off Zoom. There, hi, Vicky. <laughs> I hope it's you. Um, if it's not you, you can unmute yourself and tell me it's not you. But what's the difference? <laughs> we don't know. You see that right now? Do we know if it's Vicky or do we not know if it's Vicky? We really don't know. We're in the dark. We're in the shade rather than the sun, which, you know, all of the Yom and Tyson have to do with the same thing. You know, um, Sukkis and, and, and uh, Yom Kippur and the Katairas, the, the Katairas are that, you know, create that cloud. A cloud is, is something that blocks, you know, that, that's mystical and it's the world that you don't know. Pneumius Atari is a world that you don't know. Tyra Hadasha is this world that you don't know. You do, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. It's the world that I don't know. And we'll forever be learning pain as a Tyra. All of the secrets of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, those are the secrets that nobody knew. And most of the secrets that he said, we still don't know. So just let's get used to that energy of I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. It is the most precious commodity. The relationship with Hashem and with truth and with ourselves and with Tyra and Anne, that is a relationship in which we don't know. I think Bonus Friedman once said many times that in marriage, the best part of the marriage is the, the aspects of one's spouse that one doesn't know. And the same thing in a friendship. And the same thing in anything. One of the, the things we know about um, our watching videos of the Rebbe is you never know what the Rebbe is going to answer. And And, and this is a generation in which people are very bored with, yeah, I know the answer already. They want something fresh and brand new in which they just don't know. For instance, now, what are we going to say in this year? We don't know. Neither do I. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know. When you open up a sikha or a minor, you can't say, yeah, yeah, I've learned it a million times. You don't know where it's going to take you because if it's living Torah, then it's going to take you to a place that you don't know about because you've never been there before. And neither, perhaps, has anybody else ever been there. Okay. So how do, why are we focusing on that? Because the virus is getting us used to the energy of we don't know. If you could say, remember, before Purim, what did Hashem, we're saying, in the Rebbe Shkuna, where, you know, that's, um, it's a focal point of the virus. When did it start? Basically Purim. And I'm going to qualify it in a second about that. In New York. In New York. You know, the Ir Habir of Nesiga Renu, New York, 
it have to, it started basically on Purim, and the energy of Purim is Vinahatechu. Everything, the cup gets turned upside down. As we know, Rebbe Simchai Mushka turned the cup upside down when she heard that the Rebbe had turned his cup upside down in Febrain. Everything gets turned upside down. Once everything's turned upside down, now you can, now you can work with a different energy. Because everything's topsy-turvy. You don't know anymore what anything is. Ah, good. Now you start to work with people. You know, if you are Hashem, if you are God, so first, if you want to get people used to a new reality of not knowing, first turn everything upside down through Purim, which is an energy of Vinahatehu. It's all upside down. It's all topsy-turvy. And now you can get them used to not knowing. You know, the, the, the conspiracy theorists would say, you know what they say, Sure, the government wants you to not know what's coming next so they can control you, blah, 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 blah. And uh, I'm not going to comment on it because we know that every call is monitored. So everything we say goes to Washington, why they would find this interesting. Enjoy the sikha, ladies and men. So, so I don't want to say. <laughs> but the energy of not knowing seems to be where Hashem wants to take us. Now, I just want to qualify. <clears throat> Why am I saying the main place is um, New York? Because yesterday I heard a video of Didi um, Farkash, who actually went to Israel, and he said, it was an amazing interview, he said, you come to um, Newark, he said, it's like Mashiach Titan. There are only two flights. The, the airport is empty, nothing. It's not hundreds of flights. There's nobody going anywhere. The only flight is going to Israel. It's just like Mashiach Titan. The only place you can go to Eretz Israel. There's no other place to go. The only flights are to Israel. He said it's, it's weird and there's nobody in the airport and nothing. Everything's shut. Why things are open to Eretz Israel to Israel, I don't know. But so he goes and there are just two flights the whole day or something. It's to Israel. And the other one's Lufthansa. I don't know where they were going. Maybe they're going to Israel too. And he said, when he, you can't imagine all the, when you get there, all the checkpoints you have to go through. You have to go through army checks and, and, and they take your temperature, the fever and medical things and you have to go through five, six, seven stations till they let you into the airport even and they're just enormous security check. Everything is done, he said, they've got it. I've never seen a country like Israel where they, they just got, have the system down, patches. Security is proof, really tight, medical security. So he said, the interesting thing is you walk on the street and people look at you like, where are you from? They're in New York. And they're like, whoa. They're like, run. They run away. You know, people are like, whoa, you're from there? That's the place where, you know, it's happening. Imagine, you're overseas. And who are people most afraid of? New Yorkers, because they feel like New York is a place where it happened big time. They're not thinking about China. New York, you're from New York, stay away from us. You are, you've got the cooties, as the Tuakutila, you've got the cooties if you're from New York. So we understand the world is seeing New York as the epicenter of this thing. So that's why we say, when it started, when it ends in New York seems to be on the mind of the, the, whole, the whole world in some way. 
So um, this energy of not knowing is everything to do with Tarek Hadasha, because we said the other day that there, there are two rooms. There's Helam Begili and Helam Shabegili, or something like that. There, there are two rooms of Kedushin. One room is a room where if you can get your hands on the key to the room, you open it up, and there are incredible treasures to be pulled down. Those are the tradition that scholars, Torah scholars, can pull down from this hidden room that Meisher Benu was given at Matan Torah, at Harsina, when he received the Torah. And then there's another room, which there is no key to. No Torah scholar can get a key to. There is no key. It's a room full of treasures. The room has to be opened from the inside, and the treasures are sent out from inside. Who's inside? Hashem himself, God himself. And what is he sending out if he chooses to? His deepest, deepest, deepest secrets. Whom does he send them to? Mashiach. How? Through Nevoah. What happens then? Then Mashiach is told to teach them to us through the, all the principles of Tyra so they become Tyra. Because otherwise, it's not Tyra. It's Nevoah. So he teaches us. He looks up, so to speak. Mashiach really doesn't have to look up in Sarum because he has, he knows the entire Tyra photographically, etc. I mean, I guess. I'm not Mashiach. So I guess. But he knows this whole time, but he sources every single piece of information that he has just been told by Hashem. Every brand new, never ever been told before secret that Mashiach has told, he then sources, this comes from a Gemara, this comes from Mishnah, this comes from here, this comes from there, and he puts it all together and teaches us, teaches the world, teaches the, the hidden, and then the world, in a systematic way. And that is Tarek Hadasha. So, therefore we understand that the most crucial part of it is the not knowing part, those deep secrets. And also the, the other, there are deep secrets that he teaches and also Tarek Hadasha means a change in halakha. And that's the question. What You know, change in halakha, that sounds so boring, you know, okay, that Hashem has these deep, passionate, amazing secrets. Yeah, that's incredible. But changing Allah, like, yeah, all right, wake me up when it's over. It sounds kind of boring to me. So what is the whole point of the change in halacha? The change in halacha, one of the aspects will be that we will switch over from Beis Hillel to Beis Shammai. The difference between Beis Hillel and Beis Shammai, it says that there were three years when Beis Hillel and Beis Shammai were um, debating, let's say. And there were those who said the halacha is like Beis Hillel, those who said it's like Beis Shammai, and finally a Baskol came along and said, okay, it's going to be for now like Beis Hillel. And the question is, what the difference was between the two of them and why that was, there was that decision? Because decisions aren't made by a Basco right now. The difference between Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel. Beis Hillel were the majority. They, most of the people in the Sanhedrin were Beis Hillel. 
the majority rule. That's why the halacha is according to Beis Hillel. Majority rules. Most people were Beis Hillel people. So what about Beis Shammai? So Beis Hillel, by the way, they paskin on what they see. They rule on what they see. They're dealing with the stuff that you can know. They're dealing with the stuff that is visible. You can know it. You can write it down. Oh, low battery. You can write it down. Okay. Let's see what I can do with this. Um, you can write it down. You can you can uh, do all these things with it. You know, it's 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 it, it's the it's the known domain. Let's see what I can do with my batteries. Um, Beishamai is exactly the opposite. Beishamai deals with what you cannot know. Just a minute, I'm going to... Okay. What you didn't mute that? people. Okay, so here we go. So we're talking about what we don't know and uh, what is it, the joys of Jewish cooking or something? The joys of not knowing. So we are now moving into an era of the joys of not knowing. Okay. So, um, and and it's kind of like what Hashem wants us to get used to is the joy of not knowing. Not just, remember what we said, Amunah B'tachan means, oh, it's really hard, but I do it. Oh. You know, and I want, I just want to create the visual of, imagine this idea of, you know, so somebody brings me home, they say, I'm at the ice cream store, do you want me to bring you an ice cream? And say, yeah, oh wow, yeah, what do you want? Oh, chocolate fudge, hot sauce, you know, whatever, sprinkles, blah, blah, blah. Okay, they bring it home, and then the person sits down and they're like, okay, all right. Oh boy, I really have to trust that this is going to be okay. Who does that? I really, I, Hashem, I trust you that this is going to taste okay. No, we, we're just like, yay, I love this experience. There is no interface needed where I, it requires a muna and the tachem that I trust Hashem that I'm going to enjoy this experience. I just dig right into it. You know, like, whoa, how fast can I say the bracha so I can start eating this ice cream? Because if all you have to do is go to the ice cream store and watch whether people see, seem to be employing immun and betachen. You know, is this going to be a pleasurable experience? I don't know. Trust Hashem. It'll be good. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Nobody's doing that. They just know. They just feel that it's a delicious experience. So we are being switched over to the deep level of not knowing and enjoying the joys of not knowing, which means the joy of a relationship with Hashem in which you don't know. It's much more delicious. That's what Taya is telling us. It's infinitely more delicious than the joys of what you do know. Now, how do we know that? Because we look at um, the average teenage student and... You talk to them about what you're going to be teaching them, and they're like, yeah, I already learned that. I know that one. They're very jaded. It's very difficult to inspire them because if they feel that they heard it once, that's it. They're not interested in anything that they already 
no is just boring. They really only have a taste for what they don't know, but it has to be presented in a certain way. Okay, so where do we get this energy of I don't know? The deeper part of Tyra. The secrets that we don't know. That's the juicy part. That's the yummy part. What does that have to do with halacha? They shamai dealt with what we can't know. They were much deeper, and they dealt with the deep, hidden understanding of things, the deep, hidden light that you normally cannot access and cannot know. They were able to actually be in touch with it. Base Hillo was not. Base Hillo was in touch with the energy uh, that whatever you can see on the surface, you see with your eyes, you rule based on that, and that's it. Base Hillo rules on things that you don't see, obviously, with your eyes, the stuff that you, so to speak, can't know. So, and how were they able to do that? Mechadet, they'd say, they were very, um, they were very smart. They were very deep. They had very deep vision. They could see deep into the source of things and see. So, interesting, all through history, we did it the base Hillel way. We were told by Hashem to do it the base Hillel way because we weren't smart enough, so to speak. We didn't have enough tools to be able to see as deeply as Beishamai. And etc. most of the halachas, it says that there were 18 halachas. There are 18 halachas that I think um, were done in one day. I, I always say this, I mean, maybe, I, I hope I have it right. Um, there was a day, perhaps, there was a virus going around, and in the Sanhedrin that day, a lot of the Basilo people were absent. And that day, they, I don't know if it came from Beishamai or not, that they said, quick, 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 let's, let's, let's vote on a bunch of halachas today. They saw they were in the majority. I don't know, you know, I'm sure it was from a very pure intention, but there were a lot of discussions that day. Um, remember, Beishilo is usually the majority, just lots more people. So imagine you go to the Sanhedrin, and most of the people are Beis Hillel people. Every time they take a vote, Beis Hillel is going to win because they have more people there voting. Very simple. And Hashem arranged it that they would always have more people there voting. So the halacha would come out their way. They won the vote. So most of the halachas that we keep are the Beis Hillel way. You don't have to have deep vision. You, you rule based on what you see. And again, that particular day that, as we assume, many Beisello people were absent from the Sanhedrin, flu maybe, you don't know, that day 18 halachas were established. They voted. Since most of the members there were Beishamai people, Beishamai won the vote. And we have 18 halachas that were, that were set forever on that day, which is interesting by divine providence that Hashem decided that it should go that way. It wasn't just, you know, hey, they're not here, let's do it. Hashem decided that that would, there would be a voting that, that day. 
it says that that day was a very difficult day for the Bnei Yisrael, for the Yidden. Because these are very difficult halachas to keep. Because they're very strict. Beishami is very strict. In Mashiach times, we're going to switch over to the Beishami way of doing things. Oh, no. So strict? Oh, boy. That's not great. No, but that's not the issue. The issue is you can't live based on something that you can't see. Which is why we do it Beishami way now. Okay, so the Beishamai way, how will we be up to living that way? How will we be up to living that way, the Beishamai way, um, living by something that we don't really see? Because we will become smart like them. They were very smart. They were very sharp. And they could see way beyond what everybody else can see. An example, Rahavdil, of that we see in our current day is that lots and lots and lots of people have become energy healers, and lots and lots and lots of people now can read other people's energy. Oh, you feel this, and this came from that, and you have an energy of this, and who, nobody ever was able to do that other than the, you know, whoever it was, mystics. But that half the world now can read other people's energy and heal things and fix things and move them around and see the source of your your emotions and nobody was able to do that before. Now the average person can do it. It became available to almost everybody. That ability to read a person's energy, to see what the source of it is, etc. That's a derivative, a derivative of the fact that we are switching over to the way of Beishama. Beishama can see very deeply into what's really going on inside. So can the healers, Wahabdo. The healers are not Beishamite people. But how do you know that we're switching over from the Beishila way to the Beishamite way? To establishing the rules of halacha, the deeper way? As we see, what I just said about the healers. Okay. So now, how are we going to get to be so smart like Beishama? Very simple. And that is the issue, that's the question that's asked about Tarah There are two parts to Tarah One is deep, deep, deep secrets. And two is a change in halacha. How are we going to be so smart? Smart enough to change the halachas? All halachas will be in Mashiach times like Beishamai? Meaning, you have to be smart enough to keep up with Beishamai and understand what this halacha is based on, etc., how do you become smart enough? And you're going to be very smart in the Shia times, very smart. Because after all, remember, you're going to be one of the main leaders of the world. It's just the way it is. Everyone's going to come to you for knowledge of what you can't know, knowledge of Hashem, what you can know about Hashem, and what you can't know about Hashem. They're going to come to you. So what is going to get you to be so smart? If you're going to be as smart, so smart that you can operate on the level of Shammai, Be Shammai. What makes you so smart is that Mashiach has been teaching you the deepest secrets of Tyra. And these deep secrets make you very smart. They transform your brain. 
That's the two parts of Torah Kadasha. You'll be very smart because you learned these secrets. And now, you'll be able to see what Beishamai sees and set up all of Halacha the way Beishamai does. Um, um, okay. And not only that, um, in the future, right, we're saying everybody, uh, everybody will have that level of wisdom. The most Chachma Yisrael, um, in our time has not come to this level yet. So that's where we're up to. We're becoming very wise. When it comes to women, and Nashim Tidkanias, and based on, you know, now that we're preparing for Tyra and, and based on, you know, our special relationship with Hashem, with Mashiach, all of that, then we realize this great wisdom and great ability of women to see deeply into the source of everything. From the masculine point of view, it is what it is, you know. What do you see over there? What do you mean? I see, you know, for instance, now I'm outside. In the alleyway, I hear I hear some sounds. I hear a car. If you ask a male person, what, what do you hear? She said, a car with a radio. If you ask a female person, they'll give you a much deeper explanation of, well, really, these people, why do they have to have the radio on? Do they have to entertain everybody? No, you don't understand. They probably have a feeling of, like, it's hard for them to get themselves going. And a whole emotional, psychological explanation, what's going on in their minds, whoever they are, they don't even know who they are. That's the feminine approach. You right away can go to what's really behind it and what's really behind it and what's really behind it. What are they really thinking? What are they really thinking? The masculine approach is, I don't know. It's a car. Wait, <clears throat> here's perfect. The perfect example. What was it? The famous, and it's a cute, the famous, um, uh, I think Rabbi Jacobson sent it many years ago, something. Elaine and Roger are on a date and they're in the car and she says, you know, Roger, I know we've been dating for six months now and you know, maybe you feel that it's too early for a commitment. And he, and he grabs the steering wheel and very nervous and he appears very tense. And she thinks, oh my goodness, oh no, I pushed him too much. Now he's going to stop having anything to do with me. He'll stop dating me. I, 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 I pushed him way too much. I know he's, he's feeling, et cetera, et cetera, all this other stuff. And she goes home and she spends the whole night on the phone with her friend saying, that's it, he'll never call me again, and then all what you is a whole long thing. And so from her point of view, he feels this, and he feels that from his point of view. Why did he grab the steering wheel when she said it's six months? He's like, what? Six months? I've had this car for six months. The steering wheel is already loose. This is a ripoff of a car. I can't believe I spent so much money on this car. They didn't even do a proper tune-up job on this car. Six months I've had this car. He's thinking about the car and the steering wheel. And she's thinking about the deeper relationship inside, 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 inside. So Beishama is like, what you see is what it is. And Beishama, the deeper, deeper, deeper perspective. We are moving to that. The deeper understanding of everything. So, so that, right, that puts us in that situation of, you know, we're going to have that wisdom that we will be able to lead the world. So, oops, I'm still on? Yes. So, um, I want to just mention, one second, I could, just a sec. Should I, should I continue? 
or should I, if you, if you want me, I can, I can continue or I can stop for questions. If you want to stop for questions or comments, check star six. Otherwise, I'll continue. I want to do this other part about Beishama. Okay. So far, so good. Okay. So, now, what does this have to do with um, these two things that will be in the future? We said. So remember, they, the change in halacha, we forgot this part, one more piece. The change in halacha is two things. Number one, there will be a knife that will be used to shech the sharabar. It doesn't seem like a kosher knife. It will be a ridged knife. Called hekar shechut the sharabar, it, 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 this, it's an imperative that the sharabar will be shechted by the fin of the leviathan. It seems to be an extremely unkosher knife. The halacha is, no, 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 it's going to be done. Very puzzling. Don't understand what that one's about. And then we're going to eat the meat that was shechted in a way that we do not understand in any way that we're allowed to eat that meat in any way, shape, or form. Don't know. See that? The energy of don't know. And that's going to be a major piece of Tarek the change in halacha. That. And here's one other question. We're going to become so much more so much more machmir, strict, from Beis Hillel to Beis Shammai. Beis Shammai is so strict. You can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do that. Beis Hillel allows you to do many more things. So if in the future we're going to get stricter and stricter, why is this knife going to be allowed? That's a huge question. Um, we're going to find that question out in a couple of days, though. And how could it be that we're going to become so much stricter um, in Mashiach times. Why will we need to be stricter? There won't be any evil. We won't do anything wrong. So why will we need to be become much stricter? And then one other question is um, about the change in halacha. Um, so all of these all of these are questions of it's all about not being strict but about the idea of going more deeply in. Okay, one sec. Okay. So what we want to bench everybody with star is the idea that... Well, okay, so everybody star six. No, no, don't star six yourself. Okay. We want to bench everybody in the following... If everybody's going to step into a place of wisdom, I would say the biggest, um, the biggest hurdle we have to overcome is the resistance to being one of the wise people of the generation or one of the wise women of the generation. In other words, the question is, how do we put that together with, with you know, who am I and what am I and I'm just a small person, I'm a, I'm a nothing, I'm a, I'm a nobody. Because these two extremes are classical extremes in Tyra. You know, I'm dust and ashes, I'm nothing, I'm nobody, Bittle. And at the other, the other extreme is the world exists just for me and revolves around me. But again, me being, me being, my Shurbanis type of me, a very totally diplodic me. So because it's, um, let's just say that it's, it's a very complex combination. It's the combination that exists in the Holy of Holies. This combination that exists in the Holy of Holies, which is 
It's here, but it's not here. There's an Aaron that it occupies space, but it doesn't occupy space. This is the basis of Judaism, two opposite extremes. And you would think that after 3,000 and some years, we would be used to it already. On the one hand, I am nothing and nobody. On the other hand, I, I am everything, and the entire world re- revolves around me. Which one is true? They're both true. It's a difficult extreme, it's a difficult combination to put together. And the combination will fast forward it, this idea about being wise. The fast forwarded into the Mashiach version is, we will be the wise leaders of the world. How do we know? We said it at the beginning of the Sifa. The Rambam says that um, Mashiach will be a Navi, close to my, the level of Maishar Benu, and a Baal Chachma, more than Shlaima Melech, and therefore he will teach the whole nation these deep secrets and the halachas, and therefore, and therefore the Yisrael, the Yidden, will be great Chachamim. Facts. What will they do being great Chachamim? The Yidden is Varnasumim. They will know very deep hidden secrets. They will be great Chachamim. Fact. They will know great deep hidden secrets. Fact. Next fact. They will be able to grasp the knowledge of their creator. Fact. How much? Each one according to his level. Okay. We just presented three facts. This which, which you cannot know. We can't know Hashem. This is clear. This is, this has been clear in Tyra. On the other hand, watch this. You see, we have those, not contradictions, two extremes in Tyra. All through history we were told you cannot know Hashem. And it was true. What are you going to do in your Mesa Mashiach? Know Hashem. What do you do through the learning of Hasidus? The very thing that you're told you cannot know. How did we learn it from one of the speakers? I don't want to quote him in case I quoted it wrong. But that there's a Mishnah that says you cannot know Hashem. And you're not supposed to think about Hashem. And all of Yiddishkeit was based on that. <clears throat> so what do you do? What do you mean? You learn, what did we do all through the generations? What did Torah scholars do? They learned Halacha. What is Halacha? They learned Gemara. What is Gemara? Gemara is telling you how they figured out, how the sages figured out what you're supposed to do. How do you put on stone? Put it this way and that way. Nothing in Yiddishkeit is just any old way. You know, can you eat cheese with hamburgers? No. How do you know? Well, that's what they studied in the Gemara, how they know. And the Gemara tells us how they figured out that you can't eat meat and milk. In other words, you know, whatever it says in Chumash is one line. The Gemara takes that one line and opens it up into infinite worlds to explain to you how they figured out what that means and what you have to do. Face it. Gemara is telling you what you have to do and how we know that that's what you have to do. Perfect. Okay. So the whole focus until the time of the Arizal was do what you have to do. They're going to figure it out for you. 
and you're going to do it. Period. What's Judaism? I very distinctly remember. I went to a pretty young, I don't know if it was a, a young rabbi in Ottawa in the CCC. And I said, okay, I'm thinking about becoming more religious. Tell me something. And he said, Judaism is all law. I said, oh, thanks. And I left. And I thought, have a nice day. This doesn't sound too juicy to me. It's not my cup of tea. Like, it's okay. Uh, never mind. Thanks. And I wasn't interested in a bunch of laws. And Judaism was all law. The learning of Gemara, basically how they know the law and what the law is, was for most people until the time of the Arizal in the 1500s. It was the Eitzah, the Eitzah of Taizara. What's good and what's bad? What should you do? What should you not do? Simple. That was the way it was supposed to be. There were some mystics who, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, that he and, you know, in his generation, there was that mystical study of what is it really and what's really behind it? What does it really mean? But it had to be a Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and he sat in a cave. And after he said that his teaching should be written down as the Zayar, it was to- he was he told them, I guess, that it should be buried. And it was these secrets were buried for 1,300 years. It wasn't time for people to know why. It was just what you have to do. Simple. Until fairly close to the time of the Arizal, 1,300. Then the, the Zahir was found, so to speak, deeply hidden within the earth, found. You know, discovered in its hiding place where it was just, it was cooking, you know, it was, it was incubating in the earth for the time when it was time. And then after that, after that, not so long after that, the Arizo was born and the Arizo was told, it is now a mitzvah for you. I mean, it took us, let's say, 150 years, a couple of hundred years. That was the 1300s when they discovered the Zaire. They found it and he was in the 1500s. So then he was told, these secrets from the Zaire, now it's time for everybody to know them. Mitzvah Legalus is the Chachmazah. To know what? To know why? What's the deeper secret behind all of this? Deeper secret? Just do what you're told to do. Who needs to know what? Why? Just do what you're told to do. So it shifted. Tyra shifted from you don't have to know why to you do have to know why. So when the Mishnah says you're not allowed to think about Hashem, it's not your business to think about Hashem. It's your business to just do what you have to do. What time do I have to light Shabbos candles? Um, how do I do this? How do I do that? You know, what do I do with the forks that I put in the wrong pot? That I... That's it. We were here to create a, to make the world a place that would be able, would be a fitting vessel for Kedusha. Work on the world. Make it holy. Do what you have to do. Very simple. And what's the halakha? According to Beit Hillel. You know, just do it his way. That's it. And then, once you've made the world enough of the vessel, now, that's the halakha part of Terah Now, the secrets start to be poured in. Now you've made the world enough of a vessel. Come to the 1500s, the, the result told. Now start bringing down the secrets. 
and pouring them into the world and telling them to everybody, now is phase two. Phase one is fix the world from the sin of the tree of knowledge, the Rechet Eitzadah. Phase two, start pouring in the secrets. Which secrets? Remember the Eitzachayim, the tree of life, that other Menchaba had to, they were going to eat from, they were supposed to, but then they were told not to. Remember that tree? Yeah. So now we start to eat it. And we have to. Why? Because it's the tree of Mashiach. It's the tree of Geula. It's the tree of eternal life. It's the tree of life. Mashiach's Titan is all about life, eternal life. Life of truth. All of that stuff. It's all embedded in the tree of life. So at some point, it's not that, okay, now you can start to eat from the tree of life. You have to. The Avaita changes from just focus on what you have to do to now start learning the secrets and teaching the secrets and knowing the secrets. And, and that makes you very smart. And that's going to change your relationship with, with the halakha, with the rules of what you have to do. Because once you know secrets and you become very smart, you'll be able to do things on a different level. You're not doing things like first grade style. You're doing it high school style. You're much smarter. You're much more sophisticated. You're much deeper. You're no longer eating baby food. You're... So that's the change. So this idea about, sorry, to go back to the, the Rambam. So here the Rambam is talking about, let, sorry, let's go back. The Mishnah is talking about the beginning of time. The begin, well, the time already when we have the Mishnah and the Gemara. The Mishnah, the Amorim. After the second basin of Yeshua was destroyed, and we would enter these couple of thousand years of deep learning of Torah. Okay? And the Mishnah says, saying something true. It's not your business to think about how Hashem feels, or looks, or this, or that, or anything. How Hashem feels. Just, you have to do what you have to do. And then we have this opposite, completely opposite message. Uh, sorry, and the Mishnah says, you cannot know Hashem. You cannot know God. Fact. In Yemais Mashiach, what does it tell us? The Rambam says, we will be great, deep, we will be great, Chachamim Darnam, and we will know great details and secrets, and we will grasp the knowledge of our Creator. We will know God. Wait a minute. The Mishnah says you can't know God. You can't know Hashem. And the Rambam says, we will know Hashem to the fullest extent. Which one is right? So it's clearly a transition. From you cannot and should not try to know Hashem back then to you will know Hashem. And that everything that you were told you're not supposed to do then is everything you're supposed to do in Mashiach time. The only thing anybody will do to spend their time getting to know Hashem. The entire the occupation of the whole world will be nothing that other than the occupation of the entire world will be nothing other than to know God. Hmm. The very thing you weren't allowed to know, that's the only thing anybody will be doing to know. And that's going to be what they're supposed to be doing. You see how the whole thing shifts 
from you shouldn't know to you have to know. So, you know, for instance, uh, if I'm, let's say, if, if I just got a job as a scientist, there are all these, you know, Pentagon secrets, whatever it is. I, you know, I don't work for the CIA. So there are all these Pentagon secrets that I don't know. I don't really care to know. And they don't want me to know, etc. Imagine one day I get a job. I don't know how I, you know, through all my training, I got a job in the CIA, um, inner, inner, inner circle of the CIA. They're going to have meetings to debrief me. I don't know what the difference is between brief and debrief. To teach me all the secrets that only the CIA knows. They said, wait, 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 wait a minute. All these years, I wasn't allowed to know these secrets. They said, no, now you have to know. I said, it's okay. I don't want to know. They said, you can't work for us if you don't know. In order to do the job, you need to know all the secrets now. I said, oh, boy, this is so strange. You know how many years I spent knowing that, whoa, don't even try to know. And now you're going to tell me I have to know? They said, yeah, that's the way it changes. So all these generations, don't even try to know Hashem. Just focus on what you have to do. And then in Yemais Mashiach, everybody will and should focus on only knowing Hashem. Who's going to teach everybody? Knowledge of Hashem. The smart people. Who are the smart people? You. How are you going to be smart? You're going to learn the secrets of Tarah Who's going to teach you? Mashiach. So what are we going to do about the halachas, what we have to do? We're going to do it the Beishamai way, because we're going to be smart. And we're going to see everything in its source. So that's, that's the shift with the Rambam, that Mashiach will teach everybody, and we will be very wise, and we will know deep hidden things, that's the secret of Shara and we will know Hashem. How much? Each one depends on how smart you let yourself be. Depends on how much you put yourself into it. And I'm going to say, depends on how much you um, um, let go of the resistance to being one of the wise people in the world. I mean, one of the, if a person doesn't like being at the top of all the wise people, so everybody's becoming wise, so but there is that resistance in the world to, oh, no, I don't want to be one of those wise people. It's just not my style. So there is a resistance to being that wise. On the other hand, Hashem says, but um, there's nobody here but you chickens. Like, <laughs> this is who I chose. And, Therefore, Mashiach will teach the whole nation. And he will show us the ways of Hashem. There you go. And, you, and therefore you'll be wise, etc. So that, that, that's, that's where it's supposed to take us. And um, anyway, let's give each other a bracha that that Avaida, which is a holy Avaida, which the whole world hinges on, we will embrace. Not because, we'll embrace because this is where Hashem wants us to go. In other words, Hashem is saying, I'm taking the world in the direction where nothing will satisfy. Sorry, so Amen, yes, that bracha should be fulfilled, but to, just to fill it in, to finish. 
to say it in plain, plain language. Hashem is saying this way. I am taking the entire world to the place where there will be nothing that satisfies people anymore other than getting to know God, getting to know truth. Nothing will satisfy people. They will get to, and, and we see this, let's say, with what we, you know, with the, the quarantine. Eh, you know, everything changes. Eh, corporate America, how, okay, so fine, you'll, 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 you'll climb the ladder in corporate America. And then at age such and such, they dump you and they give you a fake gold watch and the whole thing is over. Eh, you'll, you know, you'll this and you'll that, you'll acquire all the money. How many summer homes and winter homes and vacation homes and will you have in different parts of the world? Eh. And we've seen that, that all of the things that people thought, this is it. Eh. And because the world moves so quickly, you can experience, even without having to do it practically, you can you know, put on 3D glasses, let's say, and be part of a movie in which it's so real that you um, experience it and you don't know if it was real or not because that's, I heard, that's the way the 3D glasses are. You really don't know if it's real or not. You can go through the whole system of seeing yourself, you know, work your way up in corporate America and you become, become or whatever in business, you become fabulous, fabulously wealthy and you buy vacation homes all over the world and you have all these fancy cars and you change your car every three months and, 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 and you have all the things that Island Hazek can offer and you have it and you already, you, you pretty much quickly get bored with it and you get to the other side. You don't have to spend 50 years going through this. Today you can experience it through a 3D movie with Google Glasses and feel like you've gone through the whole thing and already be done with it in one afternoon and move on to the next step. How do we know? This story that Rabbi Wolf told about the fellow in his community who didn't feel well during the virus, had distress in the lungs, called 911. Next thing he knew, he woke up somewhere. He was attached to machines or something. And he did not know what happened to him. We know he was in the hospital. He, because the rooms were all sealed and no medical staff was going in, people were left alone for weeks. I guess maybe just when the patient was asleep or something. Or I think, no, they controlled everything from outside the room because of the risk of infection. And he thought, and here's a perfectly normal person, very normal guy. He thought that he had been kidnapped and was locked into a hotel room. And he could see people on the other side of the door, but he would wave to them and no one would ever respond. And he said it was the most terrifying thing. And he experienced that he was in this situation for six long years until he was finally released from his captivity by what he thought were kidnappers. He was finally released from captivity and he was allowed to go home. And then he found out. He was in the hospital for nine days. He experienced six years 
it was really only nine days. That's how much the disorientation got. A lot of people had that disorientation. Very, very, very close. All those people who said, they woke up and said, oh, no, when is Pesach? Uh, how are we going to get ready in time? They said, Pesach was over a long time ago. It's already, it's already like, oh, no, we're done with Pesach. A lot of people woke up. They said they missed just there was a gap of three, four, five weeks that it was too weird for them. They experienced that they were years in this situation. It was really a number of days. So we now know that we can go through this whole experience. You don't have to become rich and then buy the summer homes and all that other stuff for years and years and years to learn it. You can do it through a 3D Google Glasses, spend the afternoon, be part of the movie, you're done, next, okay. So what's left? Oh, boy, nothing satisfies me. The only thing is I want to know God. How do we know that's going to happen? Because the Ramam tells us. The occupation of the, the entire world will be nothing other than to know God. They won't want to do anything else. Everything else will be boring. So they're going to need teachers to teach them about God. To teach them Das of Hashem. The Das of Hashem. To know Hashem. Who are the, there's a lot to know. There's infinity to know about Hashem. Remember, Inside the hidden room with all the treasures, which are all the deepest, 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 deepest secrets that Hashem has and all the deepest secrets of truth, and it's an infinite place. There is no end to the the number of secrets that are embedded inside that room. Hashem opens the door and starts sending them out to Mashiach, who gives them to you, and then you become the teacher of the world. But you have to be very smart by learning all of that stuff to come to the point where you have all that wisdom. And you have to be absolutely faithful to halacha in the most stringent way to keep you you spiritually safe so that the secrets that you have are used properly. You know, everybody knows if you have secrets, you know where the money is, we just hope that you're ethical about it. So we need to be clean spiritually to be able to handle those secrets well and use them for the betterment of the world. To handle the wisdom that we're be- being given, use them for the betterment of the world, we need to be very clean spiritually. How do we become clean spiritually? Through the halachas. And the halachas will be deeper than before. So Yilatan, if you come to that point, it should be immediately now, and this Shavuot, we should be makabal with the Taira, the Taira Chadasha, the deeper level of secrets, the simple of the two Levav, of the simple of the Pneumius, we should receive these secrets of Taira Chadasha, which we're going to receive. This Shavuot, we are going to. Um, uh, the Simcha, uh, happily, the Pneumius, and take them deeply into ourselves so that we can send them out to the whole world. And we should bring the whole world to the base of the English